What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Apocalypse Movies and the Fandalorian Club. We are live. It is Wednesday evening, and as usual, we are here to talk Andor. Don't mind me as I am quickly putting my AirPods in. That way the echo does not begin. Brian, how are you today? Doing good, doing good. Loaded on Star Wars content today, so can't complain uh-huh. about that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I'll keep talking. I'm chewing. Mm-hmm. That's why I stopped, so that way you could, you know. Uh, I clearly just walked home. My back lights aren't even on. I'm still eating. Mm-hmm. I got home not too long ago. Um, it's been a crazy day, but I'm excited to talk some Andor. Uh, both of us absolutely adore this show. And for the first time in what feels like for the whole show, which is not a bad thing at all, the the story is officially centralized. It is all becoming one story, uh, which obviously you have to set pieces and lay the groundwork and stuff. But this week really, really showed us that, okay, the pieces are moving forward. We are officially getting into the meat of this story, what it's really going to be all about for these next couple of episodes uh, and maybe leading into season two for at least a little bit. Um, so yeah, we're talking about episode eight today of Andor. Uh, we find Andor inside prison, a different kind of prison. Uh, we get a lot more of Deidre this episode. Uh, Cyril is on an absolute manhunt. And we got back a little bit of Vix, which is very exciting, even though it ended very badly. Brian, what did you think about episode eight? Uh, that this was like a middle part kind of like of a movie. Like... If I'm in going off of like percentage, it's a TV show, Brian. Stop talking about like a movie. Well, okay. Yeah, I would feel like if we were in the story, this was between like part like 40% to 60%. Like, I like kind of like that middle. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a cliffhanger ending, right? We didn't, Vix was being taken into a, 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 why did I just interrogation chair? Yeah, and we didn't see it actually happening. So it's a hundred percent part one and part two, essentially, is what it looks like. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't quite feel like a beginning. It definitely wasn't an ending. So I would assume this was just kind of like a middle middle ground. Um, even though they keep saying that seven wasn't really the beginning of an arc, it still kind it of absolutely felt. was. They said it was a completely different episode than everything else. But it definitely was though. I, I mean, whatever. I'm fine with whatever they do. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely like a middle ground. But like you said, definitely kind of like setting a stage a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely things to come. Um, I mean, the obvious is that Cassian's still in prison. Uh, he's been there for a month. So we've actually jumped time a little bit. Uh, we've jumped we've jumped over a month because just before then it kind of felt like he was already spending like at least like a week being transported and all that stuff to the actual prison itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Bix is is up in the air right now. What's going to happen with her? We have Mon Mothma still kind of doing some dealings, uh, trying to figure out where she is and who her where her allegiances lie. And we get Saw Guerrera. Mm-hmm. Finally, get Saw Gerrera, and um, much to our uh, hopes and dreams, a very different Saw Gerrera from Rogue One. Uh, you you can see you can see where he's headed because it's not that far away. The gears are like doing this; they're not yeah, fully it's, off. It's a hundred percent in between uh, from what we remember to to the Rogue One moment. Obviously, we saw him in Rebels, and he was very different from Rogue One and Rebels. It's closer to that, but you like Brian said that the tide's turning for Saw, and you can clearly see it, like the psychological side of it all. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, though. Um, Brian, I kind of want to start with Cyril. We haven't been able to talk about him very much. We talked about him a little bit last week, but he got a really good portion of this episode, um, connecting back to obviously his previous job, which he was fired from, and then being able to be in the same room as Deidre her pulling him in and kind of getting his opinion on stuff, letting him look over some stuff and her basically denying him his ability to enter the empire. And it's clear that that's what he wants. He wants to be a part of it. Uh, 
I don't know where you see him going. We'll get to that. But I just want your opinion on the scenes with Cyril, Deidre, his kind of storyline so far, and everything about this character. He continues to prove that he is that mall cop mentality where it's like my my goal in life is to be a police officer uh-huh. but i can't seem to pass the, whatever test it is to get it so i'm gonna settle for the the next closest thing to it and he continuously like is doing things that I think he feels will get him that step into what he wants to do to an excessive amount where it's almost annoying. Uh, he is overstepping at times. I mean, she said he filed six reports since he's been on Coruscant. Seven, actually. Uh, I thought it was five. And then they, Oh, said five six. and six. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Right, right. Um, and so yeah it just he just continued i mean he's very much the like i i have a goal i need to do anything to make sure that i can get into that and yeah i don't i don't know like part of me thinks like he's gonna just like go like extremist mode yeah like full-on like extremist mode and just kind of i think of, he 100 like... well i guess the actor did say that he's coming back for season yeah. two so i guess i won't i won't say what i was just about to say but he 100 percent has the rookie cop mentality who thinks he knows what he's doing and that he's the absolute best until he has the real world hit him in the face yeah yeah. Like we've seen it plenty of times throughout stories, whether it be movies or television, where characters, whether it be police officers or firefighters or athletes in pro baseball, baseball, football movies, like we've seen that tons with athletic films, sport films. This like pride and joy, and like you hide your you you hold yourself to a higher standard until you realize the world is something completely different from what you actually think it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and right now the world is just doing this to him across the face. And he has like no response to it because he still thinks that he deserves more. Like he said in the, in the episode, I didn't deserve what I got. Like I shouldn't be here. I was a great, I was a great corpo or, or whatever his title was um, deputy officer or something. But the truth of the matter is like, he, he may have done his tons job. of people killed. Yeah. Like he may have done his job great at times, but when it came down to the actual part that really mattered, he fell flat on his face. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the only thing the Empire looks at is, sure, you may have done acts of service for four or five years. Sure, you were great. But you effed up in the situation that mattered. They look for and results. That, yeah. And, and that's like, I'm sure at some point he may find his way into the Empire or... Like you said, Brian, maybe he finds himself in a position where he's kind of working on the outside, doing his own thing. But either way, to me, I think at 100%, his, his situation is going to end up with him killing himself. Like, not like literally. Oh sui- no, 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 oh. no. I didn't, I didn't mean suicide. I mean, like getting himself killed is what I meant. Okay, okay. Like getting <laughs> himself Christ. killed in a situation where it's like the end, like he's in the line of fire for the Empire or he's... Uh, hunting Cassian or something and Cassian pulls the trigger. I don't know, but I just think that his story is going to end in him dying in some capacity because he is so dead set on what he wants. He's not realizing the situation that he's causing himself by doing it. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he'll eventually, I don't think he's going to make it out or if he does live, it's going to be in, some he's gonna live with his mom his whole life no not even that like i could see him being like in prison like i could absolutely see the like the irony of the empire like putting him in prison like why not the thing the thing i could see it being what if he ends up in the same prison cassians are in right now yeah i can absolutely see like the irony of him like doing everything he can 
to help the empire, be a part of the empire, support the empire. And then the empire ends up slighting him in the end. I can absolutely see that where it's just like you try to give everything and every bit of you in every possible way only for you to just get a backhand. A uh, couple comments here from the chat. I want to bring these up because these are great. Andy says, honestly, Cyril's just wrapped up in his own ego. He keeps claiming he's trying to pursue order and justice, but he's really just a creepo obsessed with Cassian. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. John Boo's here. Cyril is not a bro. He's siding with the office cubicle. <laughs> and then finally, Curtis with the best comment of them all. Cyril's for sure the teachers at the end of a Friday uh -huh. uh, if they have homework for the weekend. Oh, is for sure. Ask the teachers at the end of Friday if they have homework for the weekend. Correct. He, he's the student. He's, he's that student. Yeah. He's very much the kid when you're packing up at the end of the day. Wait, you did you mean to not give us homework? And then you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. He's a uh, you weren't you weren't a Boy Meets World person, right, Brian? I was occasional. But I, if you said the name, I probably would know. Um, he is 100 percent. Oh my god, I'm trying to find his name. The of nerdy. Course he's not in, yeah, of course he's not in the main cast. How dumb. How dumb. What's his name? It's such a nerdy kid. Stuart Minkus. Stuart Minkus! He is such Stuart Minkus. He is a Stuart Minkus if I've ever seen one in my life. Yeah. Although I love I'm... Stuart Minkus at times. Um, I love Minkus at times. Uh all right, that's enough of Cyril. That's that's enough of this dude. Uh, let's talk about Deidre. There wasn't like a ton of her, but she had her moments to shine. We obviously had the scene with Cyril, but she also had the scene inside what I'm going to call the, uh, the ISB headquarters. I'm just going to call mm -hmm. it the ISB headquarters. It just makes more sense that way. It's like a courtroom almost. Um, where she bo basically broke down what was happening on Ferrix, the process of how this Imperial piece ended up from here to here how it involves Cassian Andor, et cetera. So Cassian at this point, way before Rogue One, is on the Imperial Spectre. He is there. They have yeah. eyes on him. He is full-blown in front of them. Uh, and then the next scene that we really got of her is she's actually on Ferrix, and she is moving on to interrogating people that have connection to Cassian. Um, you all forgot that they're aware of some... Luke, oh, they, uh, uh, Luke and Axis, Axis. Back, yeah, like they're that. they're aware right. of his presence. Yeah, they're aware of someone that was essentially what they believe to be feeding them information. They're mm -hmm. calling it Axis. We know him by Luthen. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we we didn't get a lot of Deidre, but her moments were very important. Uh, the biggest part is that she's now on the hunt. Essentially, she is now moving forward with trying to find out what is happening, how this operation landed on Ferrix, who's involved. Etc. I don't know about you, Brian, but like, of course, I'm not a fan just because she is imperial. Like, I she's a bad person. I'm trying to root for our good guys, our heroes, our, our rebels. But I really dig this character. She's a great really dig. Character. I really dig this character. She's been playing it really well, really well. She's a very good, like, stiff imperial officer type character like she's she's playing that part perfectly like it's that like tarkin kind of stiffness mm -hmm. where it's like no real emotion just business uh and it's it's unique denise goff denise goff is her name yeah we haven't had a like try to we haven't had a, when was the last time we had a female imperial presence like this probably rebels with governor price uh, price yeah. yeah that's like in live action never right oh yeah live action uh not anyone of importance mm -hmm. probably um but she's great she's, she's great vicious, she, man and she's and very she's, smart she's pretty much right about everything yep. like she's hot on their tail so I, I i i'm digging her character because she 
She hasn't done anything yet to she be. She hasn't had to. Yeah. Well, she hasn't done anything yet to be a threat, but you can tell like she's a threat that's coming in. You kind of are just like, oh, crap. Like she's going to catch up at some point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, Andy mentions Reva in the chat. Correct. I guess I was more so saying like in the actual officer uniform. Yeah. Uh, officer wise, I. I can't. outside of price from rebels we've never really had an imperial presence as far as a female goes in live action um, at least being like in front formidable. of the camera talking yeah. and yeah. like you know, I, I like her a lot man i i think that and it's a testament to the show that they're making us really kind of like her because she's obviously a bad person i mean not a bad person but she works for a terrible organization yeah um, She's doing her job, but the job yeah. isn't necessarily good. Exactly. Um, she she believes in the cause, but makes her the enemy. Um, but the character is fantastically written. I think that she's very strong. She, uh, the actress Denise Goff puts puts this this very serious intensity that is really showing up on screen. Um, I uh, I just enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And I think mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to see where her story goes because i feel like she's gonna be now going forward of course we might go back to the isb headquarters but i i feel like everything isb is now going to be run straight through her yeah um she's gonna be the main foil for the next couple of episodes i don't know if it lands into season two i don't obviously we're not sure how that goes but at least for the next four she is gonna be the alarming presence for cassie and luthan etc because like like you said, Brian, she is 100% not just aware, but correct about everything. Yeah. Uh, she has figured it out. All she has, she doesn't have is names and places. Um, she, she clearly knows that something is going on. Uh, she knows the kind of point A to point B sector. Now she's trying to find out point B to point C. Um, and she's doing a very damn good job of doing it because she figured out Bix and their little hideout very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the case, maybe she was, maybe she was just, uh, you know, getting information that they they saw Cassian with them or whatever. But if she did in fact figure out that like, no, they were helping him. This woman is good at her job, yeah. And I can't wait to see if it does happen. I can't wait to see her come face to face with someone like Cassian or Luthen. I think those scenes are going to be awesome and really good to see her character kind of go full force. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. She's obviously going to be a big part of the next episode because she currently has Bix. So uh, she's definitely not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I think she I think she actually finds or gets closer to Luthen than she does. Me too. Um, I think yeah. I think Cyril will be the one that probably gets to Cassian, maybe with a little bit of help of her. But I think she's the one that's going to be snuffing out uh, Luthen. Yeah. Uh, Andy, there you go. Thank you. They, they, he says, well, they got big and pack from the stuff she asked D. Lauren from at the start of the episode. Yes. And that's what I was kind of implying in the fact that she's taking, you know, every step possible and making sure she's crossing all of her T's and dotting all of her I's. And if she gets a note of like a name in passing or something, she's making sure to cross that yeah. person off the list. Um, She's dotting her eyes and crossing her T's. For sure. Uh, all right, let's quickly talk about Mon Mothma and then Luthen. Didn't get much of Luthen this episode. We saw him as Saw, obviously. But, and again, not much of Mon Mothma in this episode. You literally got every character this episode. Mm-hmm. And and good chunks, too, because like last episode, yeah. last episode, we only got a little bit of Deidre. We got a lot of Mon, a lot of Cassian, not very much Luthen. But we got we got scenes from all of them in this episode, so it Literally definitely felt like a full, them. complete. Uh, like for the first time in this show, it felt like they were just focusing on everybody. And that's why I said at the top is like the story is starting to come into one, which is why we're now starting to see more of everybody, which is nice. Yeah. Like literally, there was every single character you had from the first what seven episodes. Every single character was on screen at some point in this episode. 
what what are we thinking about Mon Moth? I mean, much of her story hasn't changed uh, right now, but uh, she's uh, she's clearly trying to make her own moves and not just waiting for Luthen. She understands the scale of all of this. Um, she got a little bit of bad news from her from her buddy. The banks are are locking down a little bit, so she's not able to get as much money that she wants to. Uh, but she's clearly still on the path to trying to make sure this all works. Yeah, I mean, she is clearly trying to still make her money moves, even though, excuse me, uh, even though, like, here, it's so jaded after the episodes, hearing her say, like, she's trying to get 400,000 when we just heard, like, them steal 80 million. You're like, oh. She's only trying to get 400,000. Like, that's not that much. Like, what does she care that much about it? They just got 80 mil. Uh, Did, don't you think, though, that... I don't know about you, but I got the impression that that 400 mil was a decision that she made without being told to get that money. Wait. Like, I think she's doing that on her own. The She's definitely trying to get her her money on her own like that's her she's she and wants... that's what i'm saying like the 80 mil goes to luthan and whatever the rebels are yeah, fighting for yeah but i think mon mothma is like all right i gotta start making a little moves of my own to make sure that i'm in she wants her money she wants her money like let's <laughs> be honest she wants her money am i going still oh okay sorry uh yeah i was, no, I was she... you talking about i thought i didn't think you were done i don't know uh she, no i mean she, I, I'm sure in her mind, like, I feel like she probably also feels like that 80 million is like blood money, kind of like she doesn't entirely want to touch it yet because she was very opposed to them doing it in the first place. Um, I, I mean, I can't blame her if I had a fat chunk of money either that yeah. I that was mine, like. I would want that money uh, if it was mine. So her trying to get it makes sense. Now, I'm curious. I'm starting, I think, I think something's going to go down with Perrin and the daughter because they are very close in like Perrin do clearly doesn't like um the friend like he he keeps every time he's around he'll make some smart ass remark like he said something today along the lines of like tay oh, tay, is uh, tay yeah something along the lines of like oh of course he's here or something like that like i i think that the daughter is pro is going to accuse like Mon Mothma of like having an affair and trying to like with him and something like that's going to go down. Um, and somehow her reputation might try to get tarnished and she just kind of like loses all sense of like, I don't know what the right word would be. Just like Credit. she's still, she's still playing on like, a fair playing field kind of like she feels like she's still trying to do right. There is something that is going to break that at some point where she's just like, screw it. Like this is, this is war. And I think well, I don't, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go no. Ahead. And I, and I have a feeling it's going to have to do with the family, her daughter and husband. I don't necessarily think that, I agree that something's going to happen. I don't know when or how. And I definitely think it's probably going to involve the family. Um, but I tend to think that something is going to happen that pushes her out rather than her making the decision. In oh, yeah. No, of, she's not going to be. She's not going to be like, all right, let's do it. There's some you're 100% right in that. I think I don't know if it's the affair or her losing some kind of uh in senate fight or whatever but we have to keep in mind and it sucks with this type of show because we obviously know where she ends up at some point she essentially leaves the capital of coruscant 
and joins the rebellion somewhere. She yeah. is off planet away from it all. And her demeanor has completely changed. So something obviously happens to push her to that point where she's mm -hmm. no longer fighting the Senate fight, right? She's off with the rebellion, backing them, having conversations there with those people rather than in person against Palpatine and all the other senators. She is there like on Yavin 4 or somewhere else in the world. And well, then... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it also, she completely starts to change her personality, the way that she acts. And, and we've already seen it in this, in this show of like her saying it's all a front, etc., but it's even more so than that. Like, it's not that she becomes cold, but she comes, she just becomes a very stoic person mm -hmm. who doesn't really show emotion. Almost like a and maybe, Yeah. And, and maybe it's something that like, like you said, Brian, maybe something happens and she realizes that she can't have feelings if she's going to fight this fight or, mm -hmm. you know, she can't get close to people if she's going to go against the empire or whatever it may be. So we know the ending of how, how, like how she becomes it's a couple years away. Yes. But what are the moments and things that happen to push her to that? I would much rather see like a slow build than something like boom happens that pushes her to that point. And I feel like that's what's happening. We just haven't seen like the tide roll in just yet, but it definitely feels like it's kind of getting close to where something is going to happen with her. She's exposed or, you know, like you said, something happens with the family or whatever it may be. I, it just feels like it's on the tip of actually happening. But I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it happens next season. I don't know. Maybe. I would love one thing that I, I don't think it's going to happen, which is a bummer. I would love to set foot on Chandroa at some Me point. Too. Me too. Like just for even I, if it's just like an over like a shot of them coming into Chandra. Like I, I see it really very similar that. to Alderaan high end pristine. Clean. Yeah. It's like, it's like an Alderaan and Naboo, like mm -hmm. that type of, I mean, I see it like almost advanced looking in technology yeah, and the way they clearly it's have money. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not some dump. It's one of the higher society places. And according to their guests, they clearly have the best view in Coruscant. So, um, yeah, so I, I would I kind of really hope that that happens. I don't think we will just because that's another planet to go to. And I mean, we've gone to I, a lot of planets. There's kind not of not to do it. No, they're not. There isn't. But it, I, at this point right now, there doesn't really just seem to be a need to. Well, her connection right now is Tay and, and him working the banks there. He's traveling back and forth. So maybe she's required to go there for something. I hope. I think, I mean, it's a planet that we've been hearing about since the beginning of Star Long. Wars. So it's Long. like the fact that we've never even like seen an overhead shot of it still blows my mind. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very curious because I'm really invested in her story, to be honest. Like me too. Sometimes I'm, I'm finding it like, I want to know more about that than Cassie. And sometimes I agree. there was uh, a scene. I think it was this episode. There was a scene yeah, it was this episode where there was just a group of them, like five or six of them, just full on talking politics. Yeah. And that like I was watching it and I'm like, yeah, this is what I want this show to be. Like, I love the Cassian stuff and I love Luthen and, and you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bix and I wanted to see more of her. But when it comes down to, to what matters to Star Wars right now in this time period, that's what I care about seeing. Because that yeah. is the most important thing going on in the galaxy at this time is the political side of everything. Because the rebellion isn't like it's out there, but it's not well known like it is in Rogue One and in the original trilogy. Like it's not a fighting organization. It's a mystery thing right now. So the political side of everything is how they're doing their fighting. And that's what I care to see. Political and Star politics in Star Wars is the best when it's done right. And right now it's being done right. It is being done absolutely right. We just need to see a little bit more of it. That's all. It's funny because like that was our complaint as kids, but now as adults, you're like, that's all I care about. Yeah. Now like, you who want... would have thought we want to see just people sitting across from a table arguing. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of like, I mean, 
you kind of like hold your breath at certain points because you're just like, oh, some like something is gonna get said that's gonna like it's, trigger. It's something. like that conversation between uh, Mon and Tay last episode. Yeah, where she was telling him like, smile, look this way, you know. Yeah, along, it's you know? it's just very much like you're waiting for the shoe to drop in some capacity that isn't like an action. Someone bursts yeah. in the door with a gun, so you're kind of yeah. holding your breath in anticipation of like someone saying something that is just like ridiculous yeah. so yeah it's uh, i i really want to dive more into her, her stuff but i i am waiting for the sh- sh- ish to hit the fan with her you, some, the iceberg some, to hit the ship the iceberg yeah, yeah there's something there's something that's gonna tip the scale and i'm just kind of like Right. Do you think it happens this season? Yeah, I I, it so. might be. It might be even the end. I, I think so too. I think it pushes because obviously we know that in season two, every couple episodes are jumping a year, um, and you're not going to be able to break something like that within a. I think I tend to think that season two is when we see her in her white gown. That's Probably. that's what I seem I seem to think. I think I don't know if she leaves Coruscant at the end of the season. But I, I think by the time we see her in season two, she's probably off Coruscant, fully embraced inside the rebellion, doing Mon Mothma things like we know and love. So, because I mean, remember, we have to keep in mind too, as far as Star Wars canon goes, in Rebels, we saw her as white gown Mon Mothma running the rebellion. Yeah. Um, and that's running during this time period. So, um, we are getting very close to that. And I tend to agree with you, Brent. I think that uh, in the next four episodes, we're going to see something that that pushes her out um, and that I'm she has waiting. to make moves for herself. So I'm just waiting for Jimmy Smets to show up. Me too. Because it's you just almost get that feeling of when, not if. Yeah. Like, Maybe he's the one that saves her. Maybe he's the one who has to go off world and he, <laughs> he, he always seems to be all over the person. Again, right? He saved Yoda in episode three. What if he does it again? He brought Obi-Wan Kenobi back. Yeah. He always seems to be the the picker upper of save mm-hmm. saves um okay so uh last thing before we get to casting himself not much to talk about but do you have anything to say about saw and luthan it was a small scene we know that luthan's pretty much trying to supply him with stuff saw is on his own like he always is a band of uh insurgents essentially um it was a great conversation i love seeing forrest whitaker back he's he's great especially at this type of saw uh Stellan Skarsgård is great as Luthen. The conversation putting them two together, I think, went really, really well. But it, there wasn't like a lot to it. Do you have yeah. anything to say before we move on? No, it was just kind of like a little. I think, hey, you want to play this character again for for an episode, mm-hmm. like type of thing. I don't think it was anything important, life altering. Yeah, like it was just very much like a here play this character again really quick. And just kind of that little like, oh, they're saw. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think there. Was and it was great seeing two tubes again. Yeah, they have an X-wing, which is interesting. Yeah, super beat up X-wing. Yeah. Super beat up X-wing. So, uh, all right, let's get to Andor. Cassian himself. Um, the dude's in prison, and he's in the actually most terrifying <laughs> prison in the history of man, dude. Uh, like the Gu- Guantanamo Bay of all. I think it's even worse than Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> I mean, you're literally walking. You're literally walking on eggshells. Like you're walking, and a button can be pushed, and you can die. Like, there's no heart. weapons on it because it's that dangerous. Yeah, it. Uh, it's it's a great. What a great creative way to kind of uh, build upon what we've seen with Star Wars prisons and and you know stuff like this before, but also kind of be a little familiar with things we've seen before um they just added a little new things that were very different and creatively impressive um i thought the prison stuff was the best stuff in the episode personally i love seeing the workshop stuff um the idea that obviously prisoners are building imperial parts makes a hundred percent sense uh and that they're basically put up against each other racing yeah they're racing to time and um and then we get an incredible cameo. We fi- finally learned out, learned that Snoke was imprisoned by the Empire at one point. Um, and Andy Serkis makes a, a very 
shocking but welcomed cameo in this episode. What a great role for him uh, as the prisoner leader who is, you know, in charge of everybody and clearly making everybody do what he wants because he only has less than a year left on his life sentence or mm-hmm. sentence, excuse me. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really cool look into it all. You know, we weren't really expecting to see Cassian in prison at this point, but or, in or at show. least stay there long. Yeah, and we saw him. He was there for a, at least a month, and mm-hmm. we got to see some really good stuff between these these characters and and learning that they're hearing information about the rebellion fight on the outside, and they haven't heard stuff in a while. They mentioned Aldani, and it's it's just a very interesting dynamic and way to look at it all. And you know, it may not connect to what ultimately is going to happen, but everyone has some type of journey and knowing that Cassian at one point was imprisoned by the empire for a different reason from what we then know of him to be is very exciting to think about. Like what a great piece to add to his origin to fight against the empire eventually and become a full blown rebellion, a rebel. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense that at some point, like he did get caught. Mm -hmm. He did it. Like, toughens him up in a sense of like he knows like what it's like to be in the prisons and what these people are going through and stuff like that so it does make sense that he did this hard time if you will where it's just like brutal us gives you a sense of just pissed off empire's garbage because they're essentially they essentially have slaves like they're imprisoning these people to do their work for them Mm -hmm. like i mean it's it's literally slave labor (laughs) like i mean they're they're hit have to hit these unmeetable quotas uh, rapid pace to the point where they're literally fighting against each other where the reward is f- taste in your food like otherwise it's just plain goop and the losers get electrocuted like it's it's wild it is absolutely wild like and dark like it's it's this show is making the empire like more i don't want to say real but like painting them in more like a fascist light where it's like they you they're really bad like it's not like they're, oh, the, no, they're the nazis man yeah oh 100 and it's it's not like <laughs> they almost make you kind of feel bad for like being like yeah, I like the Empire. Like, it's like, no. You player. should feel bad, Brian. You should I know. feel bad. This was kind of like one of the first times where I was just kind of like, oh, like. I You're a terrible like, human being for being an P- Imperial fan. I usually like rooting for the bad guys, but like, this is kind of bad. <laughs> like, this isn't a good luck to be one of those people that's kind of like, yeah, bad guys. It's, yeah, no, they're. It's bad. <laughs> it's very much not okay what they're doing. Like, I mean, they're putting them in longer sentences to keep them there to work more. And their sentences don't. I mean, there was that point where the guys like don't even look at the clock of the your countdown because it doesn't even matter. Like, it's like, damn. Like, <laughs> it, I would, would not. And I mean, and the crazy thing is he's there because he's he's just randomly walked in front of a pissed off shore trooper. Yep. Like it's yep. it's it's yeah. Not a good luck for the <laughs> Empire. No, it's it's uh, you're right. It, it's they're clearly just the worst of the worst. We already knew that, but this just added another level to it. I. uh I'm a big fan of when every story, you know, that we've had for a long time, whether it be Star Wars or, you know, Marvel's creeping up there, uh, 
a lot of other stories that we've kind of had for the majority of our lives, um, when they expand on the current mythology and kind of what we know, obviously Star Wars has been doing it for a very long time because of books and comics, but um, both Mandalorian and this have done things as far as the Empire goes that add layers to what we already knew. Uh, and I love the fact that in this episode specifically, we learn that when people essentially get arrested, they're sent to multiple different camps, labor sites, prisons, and it's all based on how able they are, what they look like, how they talk, etc. Um, it is it is 100% the worst of the worst, and that's why I keep comparing to the Nazis because it's the Nazis were literally the worst of the worst in our history. Um, we talked about it last week, but it's profiling at its absolute uh, worst. You know, they're, they're profiling people based on the way they look, where they come from, how able they are, etc. And I don't know how that older guy in Cassian's group got through to being able to work labor, but that's just wrong. Maybe he's been there a long time. I don't I, that's, know. What I, that's what I was thinking that he's just been there so long that yeah like just... I mean the longest he could have been there at this point is what 10 years 15 years <sighs> I mean who knows because I mean the Empire only started about 10 to 15 years ago at this yeah. point right so and, and again maybe maybe the prison was there beforehand I don't know but um, as as bad as it is the show has been doing a great job of not just building on what we have already seen from the empire, but also making them that much more terrifying. Yeah. Like they are like before we've had moments where the empire has been like, Oh yeah. Like they're a force to be reckoned with. They're huge. There's a lot of them. They have stormtroopers. They have uh star they're the destroyers. They're the bad guys. Like they're legit. But over the last couple years, these shows that have touched on Imperial parts of star Wars, mostly Cassie or Andor, excuse me, have done an incredible job of not just expanding on the Imperial story, but making sure that we still remember that they are an absolute effing force to be reckoned with. They're making, they're making you feel and understand why. Yeah. People felt oppressed and stuff like that. Like this, this show is based on fear. The entire show is based on fear and they're hammering it home every single week, right? Of like, not just from Cassian's side of fighting, the, fighting the empire hand to hand against stormtroopers or whatever it is, but also on Mon Mothma's side of the political side of it all. Like you can tell and you can feel the fear coming through the screen of some of these characters when they talk about the empire, if they're on the other side of the fight, like of how steep of a hill they actually have to climb and that's why I think this is some of the best Star Wars storytelling we've ever had. Because we haven't had something like this that pictures the Empire like this. Like Clone Wars and Rebels did a really good job of showing the other side of the fight, right? Like Rebels did a really good job of seeing how powerful the Empire is. Uh, Clone Wars did a really good job of seeing, of showing how powerful the Separatists are in the droid army. But not everyone saw those shows. Live action is where you get most of the eyes on the show or the, the property. And now those people who may not be seeing that stuff or reading it in books and comics are now seeing how actually terrifying the Empire can really be. They aren't the jokey stormtroopers who, who miss shots or bunk their heads on stuff. Like mm -hmm. they are an actual force to be reckoned with throughout the galaxy. And there's a reason why they were around for so long. And then eventually transferring into what we know as the First Order and taking over another 30 plus years of fight. Like, yeah, I mean, they're definitely, they're definitely showing you why it wasn't just a rebellion because they were pissed off that like the empire was formed and just cuts like it's showing you these reasons for why the mm -hmm. oppression, the injustice, the pure just evil nature of what these people were doing to the point where they had to have this radicalized rebellion that sometimes like justifies killing a lot of people like i mean 
I, it's always a joke. People saying like, well, who's the real bad guys when the rebels blew up the Death Star killing all those people? Like, yeah, they killed all those people, but like how much of all the like bad, how many people did they kill? Exactly. All the things that were done before that and all the like horrible things, like it almost like kind of gives you both sides of the coin, but you're seeing the, the other side that you don't rarely see. You usually see, the rebellion because it's the hope side and the side that paints everything good natured and makes you feel happy. This is more like, no, you're going to see why Mm -hmm. they were so bad and it shoves it in your face at times. Like, I mean, who, who knows if that guy that fell out of his bed, like didn't just kill himself. Like, I mean, and the crazy thing is it's like, They didn't even care. They're like, I think Andy said it in the comments. Like they were like, oh no, our quotas are going to be off now. Yeah. All the, all the guys were like, who's going to pick up his slack tomorrow. We're going to smell him all night long. What the hell? Yeah. And it's just like, damn. The funniest comment of the whole episode. Yeah. It's, it's brutal at times. Like it is very brutal in showing you like, how bleak and like not great it was a time to be someone living in this time period no so absolutely absolutely i mean it's the the shows you know i think we've talked about it before the show is called andor it's it's the main story of it all is how cassian becomes who he's going to become but ultimately the show is about the rise of the rebellion but it's also about the rise of the empire like yeah I don't think like the empire obviously hasn't hit their peak yet. Um, The peak, I think of what we saw from the empire was probably, and people may disagree, but I think the peak of the empire was probably when the death star was fully complete. Um, uh, Right, right in that time period of the end of rogue one, it leading into a new hope. I think that was probably when they were at their absolute strongest. Um, And this is just their rise to all of that. If you disagree, most people may say Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back. Any of the original trilogies, just because, like, in Empire Strikes Back, they beat the rebellions. In Return of the Jedi, they had another Death Star that was two times its size. I mean, you know, no like, one was really opposing them up until the destruction of the first Death Star. Like, exactly. What was, what was really being done that was jarring them? Nothing really. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, of course, they had, like, the Aldani stuff happened, but does that really affect Palpatine? Probably not. Like it's yeah. more like a, like a handle that like type situation. Like yep. they yep. were untested from pretty much 20 years, the, the fall of the Jedi order to the destruction of the death star. Like that's a long yep. period of time that they really were just like, yeah, nothing can really phase us. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, Brian, any final thoughts here on episode eight before we start to head out? Uh, is there anything on Ferrix you wanted to talk about? Well, really? I mean, we, we could quickly speak on Vel and Cinta, but their story, there's nothing like, I think the whatever's coming with them is coming next. All we know at this point is they're basically keeping an eye on Cassian's closest allies because they're hunting Cassian. So Cinta seems to not care about the relationship as much as Vel does. <laughs> Clearly. Oh, for sure. For sure. Senta's 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 uh uh she's mission first. A, she's a hundred percent on the rebellion rather than the relationship. hundred percent. Yeah. And then um Marva ain't making out of this. No, she's, I think I think she's I think she's pulling a suicide vest moment. I do too. I think she's gonna go out in a blaze of glory type situation. Just don't uh, take uh just don't take BT emo with him with her. Please. I know. Don't don't take him with you, please. Yeah, he. I hope I hope uh, he stays with Bix wherever they end up. I hope they team up together. Oh, who knows? And they make it out alive. Bix. Now Bix is gonna make it out alive. I feel it. I feel it. I got pull for my girl. Yeah, I, I'm just curious, like what Marva's up to, because she seems very much just like that crazy person. That's like the the rebellion's coming to save us. And you're just like, 
okay, grandma, like mm -hmm. keep acting crazy. So I'm curious if there is at some point, like either someone showing up, I think it'll more or less be like, she'll do something to where like the town rises up and gets them out of their type situation or something like that. I don't know. Or maybe it's just literally like, at like a terrorist attack type thing where she just blows up that building. Like, I think so, that's probably what's going to happen. I do too, because I have a hard time believing that like, if the people of Ferrix like stand up to them, that the empire just wouldn't come back and just kill them all. No, like, they're all, they're all the empire is definitely going to come back at some point. Yeah. And so like, yeah. So I tend to think that she's just going to literally like, I don't know try to blow up that building, get shot and blow it, just blow it up with her inside it type thing. Like, yeah, it's not looking yeah. too good for our characters. It's not no. looking too good. She's for great though. She's yeah, a great she character. She really but is. I agree with you. The show's brutal. The show's absolutely brutal. It is so, Pointed. it is, yeah, it is very much like puts stuff in your face and you're just like, oof, like it's, it's very real world situations, not as much like fantasy, sci-fi, like crazy stuff. It's it's in your face. And I think it's a refreshing take for Star Wars. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, okay, everybody, that's going to wrap it up for the Fandalorian Club today. Uh, we covered everything that we possibly could for this week's episode, episode eight uh and we'll be back next wednesday for episode nine uh, only four more in, we are into the final stretch of andor season one um we're obviously getting a season two but season one uh seems to be going out with some sort of bang and we have four left as we uh wrap up here today for episode eight uh that is brian i am jake this is the fan lauren club if you are enjoying this episode please give us a like uh head down in the comments let us know what you thought of this episode uh not our episode but the and or episode we want to hear from you guys on and or not us um we don't need your guys' opinions on us uh we we know our own opinions on us um and make sure to join us also every tuesday for apocalypse now our weekly movie hangout show we talk about all kinds of fun things um this past tuesday we did everything dc we reviewed black adam we talked about henry cavill's return and, of course, James Gunn now in charge of DC, which is very exciting. So go check that out. Make sure you're following us all over social media as well as myself and Brian. But for now, thank you to John Booz, Andy, Curtis, uh, Gordon, I saw in there. Thank you guys so much for joining us live and commenting along. Anybody else who may be watching live, we appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And we'll catch you guys next week.